Triple Play Fantasy's basketball show with Doc, Coach, and Brass Dadamas starts now. We welcome in a man, a gifted voice, a laugh that warms up a room, gracious husband, father, and ordained minister, a Silver Spring, Montgomery County native, Blair Blazer, and University of Maryland Terrapin through and through. He's an avid all-conditions golfer, a cigar connoisseur, and one of the true kings of the hat game. Mm. That's funny because he's aware of many hats behind the microphone, multiple Emmy award-winning broadcaster, anchor, reporter, play-by-play announcer, host, a realistic hometown fan who keeps it real on his teams, and we love that. You can find him doing his own things these days, including That's Your Opinion podcast with Chicken Smoot, as well as Chick Hernandez is live. We welcome in a local hero, a DMV icon, Chick Hernandez. Welcome. You got that all wrong. Who, who are you talking about? That cannot be me. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, Those so you just wore the hat. You just wore the hat for the introduction. That's what it was. Okay, that's fine. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get too hot in here, chick. Uh, he on, had to I, get I, into I, character. That's a good how point. How are you doing? Good point. How are you, yeah. How are you doing? How's your family doing? Uh, you know, as good as can be during the pandemic. Um, you know, I got three kids. One's graduated. He's home. The middle one is is back at school. Uh, unbelievably, that he's in school in Rochester, New York, and uh, the middle and the youngest is also. Uh, supposed to be in New York, but she's back here as a sophomore in college. So two of the three are home. They are groceries destroyers, as we call <laughs> yes. them. Uh, we, me and the wife had about, we had the empty nest for about three months before the pandemic hit. And then uh, I can't walk around the house naked anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Your time will come soon. It sounds like they're all in college. So well, it may come sooner than I like. I just might get arrested and just do it in the neighborhood. <laughs> wherever you feel comfortable doing that yeah um, well, I, i'm not calling yeah. the police i'll tell you that i'm at the age now where it just doesn't matter i'm not going to look like the rock you know i'm more like uh, a boulder just it's not good <laughs> but you're confident in your body and that's all that matters yes i'm the only one that's confident in my body which i guess is all that really matters no one else is confident in this thing oh man well confidence is key to sports and uh you're quick-witted to uh, provide humor when you speak clearly um, something you go quite differently than your co-host Fred Smoot. How fun is it talking football and sports with him? I'll tell you this, um, you know, at first glance, when folks listened to Fred on the radio and I covered Fred when he was a member of the Washington football team. So I was, you know, used to it, but you had to, I think when I made the joke when we were, when he was playing him and Rod Gardner, the man they called yeah. fitty fitty, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I thought the joke was, can we just put up some closed captioning on the interviews so that folks can understand what they're saying? Uh, with Fred, you know, he might come across as this Mississippi hick kind of thing, but dude is so brilliant when it comes to football and life. He's lived a full life and he looks at life through a different lens than a lot of us. Um, so once you get used to him and his, and his Mississippi drawl, uh, then you just start picking up the, the, it's really cool to listen, and, and I've learned so much from the, the, the NFL guys that I would watch games with, the Trevor Maddiches, the Brian Mitchells. Uh, I've learned so much about the game, just um, how to watch a game. And and listening to Fred, 
He just thinks differently. And he's he annoyingly, annoyingly, as he calls himself, Smooch Dodamas, he, 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 he really uh, predicts things that are going to happen. Not so much the game, you know, ending, but like where a player should end up next, where they're going to go next. You watch this. This guy's going to do this. And it's like, it's annoying because it's, it's six, eight, 10, sometimes, you know, a year off. Uh, but it happens, and then he goes, see, I told you, y'all weren't <laughs> listening to me. I told you. I'm like, I, okay, I got it. And that's the next level of intelligence. I feel like Shannon Sharp gets a little bit of that at first, too. Um, just that Southern draw, and, and these guys are brilliant, and, and they definitely know their football. And, and I mean, only someone that has spent their life um, accepting the game, playing the game, can give you those type of details and, and kind of make those type of predictions and everyone can have a hot take, but when you have a feel and his opinions, uh, definitely draw that, uh, you can see that. And so watching him years and years, I know exactly what you're talking about. I love to hear his voice. Yeah, it's an educated, it's an educated thing for them. You know, I played high school and junior college football. I don't even remember watching film, uh, getting ready for a game. I, don't, I mean, I just, I was a quarterback and free safety. I know we did it, but I don't recall doing it. I mean, you know, going in Monday after a game and looking at, you know, why we did this or how we did that. Um, the only thing I can remember is watching game film at Blair, Blair High School in Silver Spring, 3, 313 Wayne Avenue. Um, and the only reason I know the address is because a lot of letters from the principal came home with the return address on that for my, for my mother. That's right. Um, yeah, I heard you were the class clown. Yeah, I wear did that you? moniker proudly. Years 1 through 12, by the way. I did wore they it every get year. superlatives for that? Not really. Um, and, you know, the funny thing is, as we go off track here, because I like to do that, uh, I think it was our 20-year reunion at Blair, and maybe 10. Let's see. Anyone, uh, it, was, it was 10. It was 10. So I was back in town working at Fox 5, or just about to head to Fox Sports. And I, uh, you know, we were at the reunion, and I grew up with a close-knit group of guys. There are three guys that I went to first grade with that I'm still very tight with. So now we're talking 50 years of knowing each other. <laughs> And we picked up a couple of guys in junior high, Eastern junior high. And then we Eastern. picked up more guys at Blair where we formed what's called the BS club. Now we know what BS means, right? Um, but we literally got chartered into the, 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 uh, the uh, school government. Uh, Cause we went and said, we want to be, we want to form a group called the BS club. And they said, we're not, we're not do, doing a beat bullshit club. We said, what are you talking about bullshit? This is the boys service club. What are you talking about? Yeah, I love it. And we would go to old folks' homes. We would do canned food drives. Uh, but the primary thing was to party at the sporting events, um, you know, be, make sure that the crowd was up. Now, I was senior year, the only three-sport uh, athlete at Blair. So I didn't, you know, I would play football, baseball, and I swam. Um, and, yes, Cubans can swim because they have to. Um, <laughs> uh, so it was – I have a, so I have a very close-knit uh, group of guys – um, and I forgot my original point, by the way. That's terrible. Well, so I was going to say, Chick, We're I actually went to the Silver Spring area as well. Please tell me you went to some of the local spots, Santucci's, Woodmore Bakery. That's Santucci's I still drop by because okay, the cold good. cut sub, the cold cut uh, for me, I'm a big cold cut guy, is one of the best. Although Tony's Villa in Langley Park is the best cold cut. And really? it's been there for 40 plus years. Insane insane same recipe for 40 years i didn't go for like 15 or 20 and i went i wonder if tony's villa is still there 
and I drove by Langley Park and went, oh, my God. And I walked in and I said, can I get a cold cut? And I just smelled the same smells when I was a kid. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Um, so, yes, I went to the, you know, the you call it, I mean, the old hood really is deep Silver Spring. Four Corners, yes. And and the, the corner pub, um, yeah. I frequented after high school. I only missed one day of school uh, from years one through 12. I missed one class, one day. Uh, when I was sick, eh, you, you just go, you know, I was never deathly ill. So if I had a cold, I'm still going to school. I missed one or skipped a class senior year when they said senior, senior skip day, which I was like, yeah. what's the, what's that? You know, I was a, a jock and, you know, in theater and everything else. I wasn't paying attention to that stuff. And I said, no. And all my boys said, you gotta, we gotta skip. I'm like, I can't skip, man. I got, I got practice, you know, in the afternoon. He said, no, yeah. you got, you got to skip. I said, but if I miss school, I can't practice. I said, Coaches love you. Don't worry about it. So we skipped, went to Four Corners, the corner pub, had pizza and beer. And when I got back to school, uh, baseball practice, um, got dressed, walked out to the field, and my coach went, hey. Said, yeah, coach. Um, do you, you, you smell like beer. I'm like, I don't know why. I, you know, I didn't even thought about it. And there I was just, whoops. Because I want you to go ahead and uh, take a seat. And watch practice, you know, because I don't want you driving if you've had some beer. We'll have somebody come pick you up. I'm like, no. I said, I'll just stay here for hours. And I did. I stayed there for hours. So, yeah. No, I did I did go to the old haunts. The McDonald's up there in Silver Spring was a frequent place. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah Santucci's really cool. Really yeah. good food. That's funny. Also, we're recommending don't skip, especially when you have athletics in the afternoon. I went to Richard Montgomery High School, and our starting point guard, he skipped uh, a test earlier that day. And then um, the next day, our teacher was reading the box score, said, oh, uh, he's he played, he skipped. And we had to forfeit a game, and it was against Blair High School. Oh, wow. Yeah. We went 19-5 Mc- that year. Really? 19-5, yeah. My mom was a Richard Montgomery. What was your mascot? Spider? It's a rocket. 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 Yeah, rocket. Yeah. We're also, I think also Rockville, right? Same thing. Yeah, no. Rockville. Yeah. And that's, so that's they're the I'm Rams. Like. They're the Rams. The Rams. They're the Rams. They're the Rams. You're right. Right. Yeah. Right. The Rockville Rams. Yeah, we're the Rockets. Yeah, the mascot's not that great, but the basketball program is doing wonderful these days, headed by my my buddy, uh, David Breslaw. But that's the Blair High School thing. So on Wikipedia, it says Montgomery Blair High School, notable alumni for journalism and media. It does not include include Chick Hernandez. It does not include Josina Anderson. This is a travesty, and we need to address this right now. You can update Wikipedia. You can update Wikipedia. You can update it. Yeah, you can. You can stick uh, your. You know, stick some accolades by your name. That's fine. You know, uh, (laughs) partial hat wearer. Just put that on there. It's great. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's funny. because I did a, uh, I had Josina on our on our podcast a couple weeks ago, and we talked about it beforehand. But I get the feeling like she just is not. That's not something that she looks fondly back on. Almost, I don't know. Uh, and I think she went to, to to Blair with my sister, who was fourteen years younger than me. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I've always had pride in it. Um, you know, in the in the school uh, recently, the, uh, the Blair website or the Facebook page, whatever. They have been talking about, you know, 1981, Stevie Wonder came to our school um, and performed for two hours. Uh, and I used to do a Stevie Wonder impression for the coffee house, right? So one of my guys would play the piano because I can't play 
you know, anything but the, the French horn, which is what my, my instrument back in junior high, you know, late to class, I got the French horn. I suck. <laughs> Last pick. The worst. You know, two guys got the saxophone. They're like grooving. I'm over here going, wah, wah, making any sense. <laughs> um, but so, you know, so when I was in school, there was 101 or 99 to 101 different nationalities at Blair. And Stevie Wonders, people wanted to come and figure out where – what school was the most racially ethically balanced because they were trying to get Dr. King's birthday to be a, a national holiday. That's, that was the push. And they told him go to Blair high school in silver spring. And so he showed up and it was a half day, you know, remember back in the, back, back in the day for half days and there's an assembly afterwards mm-hmm. in high school, man, you, right. In, in high school, man, you're out. I mean, I'm, I was normally on an assembly day. I'm like, all right, we're out half day. Peace. I'm out. And my, my uh, speech teacher, Mrs. Mazes, uh, I have great long-term memory. I got nothing short-term. Um, Mrs. Mazes looks me dead in the eye, and she goes, now, I, how do I tell this story quickly? Um, all right, so when I go to school every year in high school, the first day of class, you go to homeroom, and you have your six or seven periods. Each class that I went to, first day, they'd say, Carlos Hernandez, my given name. And I'd raise my hand up. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, by the way, I don't go by Carlos. I go by Daz. First class. Second class. Yeah, hi. uh, Yeah, I don't go by that anymore. I go by Moses. So I had seven different names my senior year for all the different teachers in high school. So Mrs. Mazes, my speech teacher, says Moses, which, by the way, like the first couple weeks, every one of my friends is like, just look over and go, what are you doing? You really are the class clown. So she says, you know, you need to go and, and see the assembly. I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, maybe. And she looked me dead in the pupil like, no, you need to go and, and sit down for the assembly. And I'm like, that was kind of weird. Like, I got goosebumps. Like, All right. So when I, by the time I get to my locker, it's already spreading. Stevie Wonders right now hiding out in the industrial arts class. Pardon me. I'm going to take this call here. Um, so I'm like, this is bizarre. Uh, and it was great. And so I have, a, I have a high affinity for my high school. I got inducted into the to Blair Hall of Fame two years ago, um, which is bizarre. It was great. I had a bunch of friends who I hadn't seen in a while come back uh, for that event. And my principal, Dr. Joseph Falani, came out and roasted me before uh, for, as the introduction, introduction um, which the backstory on that is that I got suspended my last three days of high school for organizing a food fight of epic proportions in which he he suspended me. I didn't throw a thing. I didn't toss one thing, but his his direct line was, well, you had the notion, not the motion. And I got suspended my last three days. Um, and here we are, you know, how many years later, he does the introduction in which he talks about the fact that this guy spent an awful lot of time in my office during his senior year. It was pretty cool. It must have been a legendary food fight. It was, it was, the, the best part about it was me and the point guard, Lorenzo Gill. So I'm the starting quarterback. He's the starting point guard. We put flyers out on the school walls, basically. Hey, this food fight's taking place. And so when we got there at noon or 1130, all the teachers showed up in our, in our cafeteria. Here it is, the last week of school. They're never down there. They came down in mass and we're sitting at another table. And we're like, huh. We put on these trash bags on our head, you know, cut out the hole for the head. And we sat there, and at about 11.59, we all stood up. Now the teachers are like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're like, what? We took the bags off, put them in the trash. Single file, we walked upstairs. And they're like, what the hell just happened? 
all the food was in our lockers. And that's when all hell broke loose. Right in the, right in the seal, right in the, the big intersection of the school. Water balloons, eggs, everything came flying out of our lockers. And the principal sat in the middle, didn't get touched. No one, no one hit him. He let it happen. And we all said, well, we'll clean up afterwards. He goes, great. And then we got a pink slip. Uh, I think we get period. where all this wit comes from. You just think differently. I'm going to go into um, HMOD and um, be a different name <laughs> to all my teachers. We're going to organize foot, a uh, food fight, but out of lockers, right? So I can I see the ingenious. It's all about it's all about production value for me. You know, I'm I'm big on surprises. Uh, you know, we did a, a podcast a couple of weeks ago. With, and, you know, Smoot is historically late for these. I'm not sure how he knows what time it's supposed to be. So I go and dig up the Hall of Famer, Joe Jackson Gibbs. I got yep. Gibbs. I tell him we're going to surprise Fred. Great. You know, 730, there's Gibbs. And I'm, like, getting texts from Fred going, I'll be there. I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? So I'm talking. To, I was like, Joe, we, we start. We did 20, 20, 25 minutes I did with Joe Gibbs. Nothing prepared. I didn't have enough on top of my head. And every once in a while, I just kept saying, well, Fred says he's going to come. I know you got to go. He goes, no, no, I'll stay for Fred. And, he, you know, we did an hour and 10 minutes with Joe Gibbs, you know. But the look on Fred's face when he popped up, <laughs> and as soon as he got his audio on, it said, I'm here. And Gibbs said, Fred, smoot, smoot, you're fine. $2,000 for being late. And he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, so it's all about the moment, you know. you For me, it was always... Even when I was, you know, on a night, you know, the daily sportscast at, at NBC Sports Washington or Comcast Sportsnet is what I prefer to call it. Um, it's about creating a moment that folks at home are going to go, did you see what Chick did? You know, uh, you guys are too young, but I, I was an intern for Glenn Brenner and James Brown at Channel 9. And Jim, Glenn Brenner, it was Glenn Brenner at Channel 9, George Michael at Channel 4. Glenn was the funniest human. George had all the bells and whistles because he had the satellite trucks and he could get back in the day he can get he could get highlights from anywhere now you can do it on your phone but back then local tvs weren't getting that um huh. so and glenn taught me how to you know just to go with my first thought about you know um usually towards humor but uh females started to watch glenn a lot uh because they want they were they were entertained they weren't bored by the sports they were entertained by him and that's that's kind of my philosophy that's funny and uh it's going to transition because we had Steve Buckhans on and he had just the I've heard of him. Praise. Yeah. <laughs> you've heard of him. Um, I'm sure he has uh, something to do with uh, your come up and, and your story. Um, I have a question that he, he, cause he, he said something in our interview that I wanted to oh, point no. out and he said, oh, no. <laughs> he was talking about what a long journey it was for him and that it would need five to six years of experience to get where he wanted to get. And he noted that, I'll be honest, the standards in our business have gone gone down with everything, money more than anything, guys coming out of college, they know how to read a teleprompter. What is your kind of opinion on that? And do you agree with, with Steve? Well, I think that there are certainly talented people that come up and they have the opportunity to get Maybe not TV reps, but because of social media, this camera we're, we're looking at right now, they can get yeah. their own reps and get comfortable in front of it. Um, but completely agree with him that, you know, if you don't cut your teeth somewhere, you're just, it's rare is the animal 
that you can just come in and start. And what happens is that because there's so much easy access now to news directors, um, you know, with the, just a click of a link, a lot of folks uh, think they can come into business and, and get it done. You know, oh, yeah, I can do what you do. No, you can't. No, you can't. Because I'll throw you a curveball and let's see what happens. And so when, when I was at CSN, I had a bunch of young people who, you know, can you sit down on the set with me? I want to do a demo and, and, you know, and I think blah, 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 I can do this. And I was like, okay, sure. And then I just do me and throw a curveball and there's just, you know, deer in the headlights look. Yeah. It's like, uh, and I go, huh. And then we get done and they ask me what I thought. I said, well, what was that three second pause there where you just look like you didn't know what you were doing? Well, that's because you did this. Well, that's live TV. That's what happens. You know, your news anchor is not polished in sports. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. You know, all of that stuff. So I agree with Buck. Um, I went to, I, I, my story is crazy. I'm not going to bore you completely with it, but I put out two tapes in my life. Um, I went to a little known network called the Mislu Sports News Network, which, which is what ESPN 3 is now. Okay. Um, three or two, no ESPN two, um, where they just did round the clock news, sports news. We did that first in 1990. Um, and I was not an on air guy. I was a production assistant, but I hung out with the anchors all day. Like my shift was midnight to 8am making sure that the morning producers are ready for all their, all their tapes and stuff. And then from, from 8am to 6pm, I just hung out and listened and talked with the anchors. So I wasn't even asleep in a whole lot. I'd go home. I'd barely make it home to Tacoma Park, uh, you know, tired as hell, get some food, go to sleep, wake up, and do it all over again. Um, and they, about five months in, said, we think you should be an anchor. I went, you're crazy. They said, well, don't you want to do this? I said, yeah, but you just can't throw me on what it was a national network. And we did it. Um, and I was not the same guy that they thought um, because the guy in the newsroom was this guy right here, you know, quick witted. Yeah. The guy in front of the camera for the first time was deer in headlights, get it right, get off. You know, there was yeah. no humor. It was just like, let's go from highlight, let's talk, let's do scripted, no ad lib, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then the network went up, belly up, um, not because of me. Uh, and I went to Augusta, Georgia, where me came out because I thought it was market 112. Nobody's watching this. And I just, all of a sudden, the Glenn Brenner, uh, his thoughts came to my head and I just let it rip. And, you know, and for three years, I found out where the line was where you could not step over. And I did a lot of different things so that when Steve Buckhans at Fox five saw my tape, like, huh, this kid's kind of good. And he's a local too. Oh, you know, so him and the news director brought me in for an interview and then I got the job. Um, but that's three years at market One Twelve, where you are, you know, you're busting your butt to, yeah. to cover the regular sports, high school sports, uh, and try to break stories all at the same time. So I think modern day, it's they're not quite as polished, but they think their stuff doesn't smell, Yeah. Um, yeah. if you know what I'm saying. Uh, obviously, there are some folks who are really talented because of they've practiced this and they've, they're used to doing it, and they, they come off a lot more polished, and that, the nerves aren't yeah. there. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta face different situations before you can say that you're you're good at something. Yeah, those grind years. I was gonna um, have Eric Eric say this, but I was like, those grind years where you're you're 
working overnight, I, I, I was a security guard and I did that same time shift. And then I, I went to school to pay for my Montgomery College. And um, I, I know if I went straight into college, did four years and then started teaching because I'm a PE teacher, I would have fell on my face. But those yeah. grind years really built me. And then when I was able to get there, I was ready to go. Um, yeah. But it, I wouldn't have been anywhere without those grind. And I know Eric um, wanted to talk a little bit about his. What his is Eric talking well, yeah, no. So check, I'm curious because you climbed with the hierarchy and, you know, I was a sport management major at Towson and they really stressed internships and networking. And we have things like LinkedIn now where you can connect with someone instantly, social media, where it's much easier to do that. And you've kind of talked about the networks that you've been on and you turned down many job offers over the years, most notably from ESPN. And you said, quote, it may sound goofy, but I want to end my career with this network. I don't have any aspirations to go anywhere else. What was the primary reason for not wanting to leave? Was it kind of comfort in the area, the local ties, kind of a mix of everything? Uh, just the ability to wear a hat and a cigar. Oh, no, that's, that's sorry, that's James. Um, I, For me, it was quality of life. Um, you know, I'm a golf addict, uh, and this is my hometown. So originally, you know, when I came back to town and then ESPN called about two or three, four years in, I have a wife, I've got uh, probably one or two kids at that point, and I've got my mother and her father as babysitters uh, and her sister. So we've got babysitters for the kids if we want to do anything. Uh, it's a nice little comfort zone, a little bubble for us. Didn't have mm -hmm. to worry about you know asking a neighborhood kid to watch our kids. We had family that could do that. So that was one, that comfort there. I've been a homebody. Other than going to Augusta, Georgia, you know, I, I didn't have any, I've had, you know, job opportunities in New York. I mean, just walking through the streets, even though I was there this weekend and it's much quieter now, I just, I knew the job would have been a, a big jump in money and, and perhaps a, a stepping stone somewhere. I just didn't, I'm not a New York guy. I just don't like the vibe. I mean, I, I like life, but it's like it's too, it's too much rudeness for it's me. It's the man. city like, that never just, sleeps. Thank you. That should be in a song. Um, I, I just, uh, <laughs> Came I up just, with I it just, right now in the old noggin. That's, that is that's really good. That's spectacular. Uh, and you got a nice got a nice little hairline going too. That's nice. You get it cut every week. No. Um, nah, nah, no. I wish. It's the Mike Bibby <laughs> haircut. <laughs> I uh, so I, it was just it was a more of a comfort thing. Um, obviously, if I'd have been offered a job, there was an opportunity. Uh, I thought uh, when I left Fox Five and went to Fox Sports Net. Um, I was there just to help them give birth to a network called the, uh, all the regional sports networks. And they brought me out for two weeks to do this uh, Southern California regional sports report. I'm not from Southern California, but they brought us in and we rehearsed for a week, two weeks. And then we launched this thing. And while I was there, the, one of the lead guys from Fox sports brought me in and said, we want to bring you from Fox sports net to Fox sports. And I thought, okay, now this has, you know, an opportunity. Um, what's my man's name that does the NFL pregame? Kurt. Uh, Kurt. Uh, Kurt Menefee. Kurt Menefee. Uh, me and Kurt work together at, at, at Ms. Lou Sports News Network. So it's around that time that this is happening. And, you know, that might have been something. And I would have jumped at that. L.A. I like a lot more than New York because um, I could have been on the outskirts there. Beverly Hills. Uh, so, I, but I'll be back to the original thing. I just. You know, I love I love this area. And again, it goes back to those three friends I have from first grade. When I left to go to Augusta, I cried, you know, and they were like, what's wrong with you? 
you're just going to work somewhere. I'm not going to be with you guys. And they're like, just, you know, go live your life. And I'm like, you know, and I'm, I was raised by a single mom. So I'm like, you know, I told them I love them. And they're like, that's, you know, they weren't really into showing their feelings. Ironically now in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, it's them who said, you know, to me, uh, and that's how we end our phone calls, you know, is cause these are my boys. You know, we went through thick and thin together. We've been through hell and back with some of us. So, um, I, if, if a great job, if I was, you know, I'm trying to get into acting, you know, if it required me to go out to LA now, I'd be there in a heartbeat, but for the, the sports casting job, it's DC good market. Um, and I had my, you know, I could go to any golf course, call ahead. Hey, uh, can I, you know, get a tea time? Yeah. What's your name? Chick Hernandez. And are you the Chick Hernandez? Yeah. Oh man, it's on me. You come on out. Mm, free golf. I played that role for sure. Wow. Way to oh. milk it. Way to milk the fame. I love oh, you gotta it. Mil- you, know, you gotta milk it. You can't be obnoxious about it. You let it be their idea. That's what happens. Yeah. You don't say, hey, you don't say, hey, I'm Chick Hernandez. Can I get a free round? You just and if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, that's okay too. But yeah. you know, you, have to, you, have to, you get the normal person treatment like us. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Uh, we're all normal, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm I'm going into New York. Stop, have a bite, and then I'm leaving. I'm not I'm not setting up camp. Um, it it it's irritating though that many people that close to you. And I know we there's a lot of people in the DMV area, but it just has, I guess, the suburbia of it. Really, mm-hmm. is something that I can't walk away from. And you're a local sports fanatic. You're, I mean, you're, you're as knowledgeable as they come. And I wanted to talk a little bit about some local sports. Um, the current state of the Washington football team, um, new looks, team president, Jason Wright, seems to be doing a great job. Martin Mayhew, senior VP of media and content, Julie Donaldson, and coach uh, that beats cancer and takes the team to the playoffs. Um, how do you feel the direction of the Washington football team? Well, the direction shifted, and that's the big positive because um, they were a just a titanic every freaking year, uh, an effort in futility for that organization, and it starts with the fish head, Dan Snyder. Sure, and it's an easy blame. I, I know I would never blame him for his attempts to build a winner. He did not hold back on the purse strings, um, but they made strange decisions, i.e. Vinny Serrato. I was going to say, you're subtweeting Bruce Allen right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Bruce Allen. Rah, rah, great, guys. Great alumni. Whatever, dude. You beer-drinking swill. Um, just Jim, Jim Zorn. Zorn was, you know, and I felt bad for Zorn. And I was, you know, again, I'm a left-handed quarterback, so this is my guy when he's, you know, yeah. I wanted to talk football with him. And, again, while he did strange things, those guys have brain football minds. And we would talk through plays and stuff. And it was like, okay, this is, you know, really cool to talk about. And then, you know, they brought in a freaking guy who was calling bingo to call his offense. It was all over. Um, so the, the the decisions they made were one born out of necessity after the crap that they pulled, right? And the stuff they've been accused of. I'm not a court of law, but I'm gonna say it probably happened. Um, so yeah, uh, and Jason Wright uh to bring bring in Julie to handle my old colleague to handle uh the the uh, uh media stuff. Smart move, she's brilliant in front of the camera. Um uh it's a lot of moves and yeah and so the story this year with 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 coach rivera and what he's gone through i mean it's it's insane um so the direction changed it had to change it's on a upward trend uh and now we'll see after a year if that continues uh on the field 
uh, and you just you just you just never know. I've always said there's something in the water in the DMV, but then yeah. the Caps win and the Nats win. I'm like, okay, so maybe that water's not trickling don't down. Forget about the the Valor, don't forget about the Valor and Mystics. The Mystics. That's right. Correct. Correct. I mean, and DC United was spectacular for years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. I I want it to be. You know, I'm kind of jealous because I don't cover the team really anymore. Um. Uh, at least in a traditional way. Well, uh, sure you do on your podcast. Yeah, but still not. You know, I don't have access. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody really has access right now. This this past year, I talked to my colleagues. You know, John Kime and, and, John and Mike Jones and those guys, and it's just, it's insane what, to never be in a locker room for an entire football season. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I can imagine trying to put together a story without with you know within two minutes in front of uh, forty other cameras. Or, uh, you don't have any access. Yeah, you don't have any access to the guys. You can't talk about personal stuff, really, uh, and get some tidbit that you can put into an article or on your, you know, or on your on TV because um, they're not going to give that up in a Zoom. It's not going to happen. You know, you need to be able to talk on a sideline with somebody off to the side. Hey, can I get you for a few minutes? Because you've done your digging and you found out something about them that might be cool to talk about. And then once you get to that subject, they they light up. You know, they're not talking just an X's and O or why'd you make that cut? It's like now, oh, you talked to my high school coach about what? Boom. And they're locked in and you get some gold. Yeah. So the biggest looming question around the Washington football team is that quarterback carousel that we've seen, you know, 25, 30, I've, since I since I was born. Um, you give Tyler Heineke 8.75 mil for a game and a quarter. Hey, he played his heart out. We all loved it. Um, he's got uh, generational wealth. Um, what's the perfect fit in your eyes for the QB? Because there's a lot of rumors and speculations. And, uh, you know, Heineke, Heineke, he performed well. You know, we tip our hat to him. But um, as far as the future is concerned, maybe a, a bigger picture here in a perfect situation. Because I know Fred Smoot can come up with 100 different scenarios for us getting a, a quarterback. What, what do you think your perfect situation would be? Well, this town is all at the backup quarterback, so Taylor Heineke can do whatever he wants. He's like me when it comes to a golf course. He can now walk into a bar and go, how you doing? Uh, can I get a beer? What's your name? Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Heineke? Yeah. Uh, give him a tabs on me. Yeah, give yeah. him a Heineke. Right, right. Um, perfect scenario. I'd love to see Deshaun Watson here, uh, but that's giving up an arm and a leg. But so what? I'd love to see a guy like Deshaun Watson who uh, is a stud and a half, just got, you know, he's in Houston, just crap. Just he had crap. Um, you know, when they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, it was over. Like, what are you doing? You just gave away the one of the best receivers, top three in the league, and you did that. And we got this quarterback now who's going to throw to who? Stop it. You know, and, it's, you know, it's funny. Somebody did that trade on Madden, the exact trade that went down, and the uh, Texans rejected that trade in Madden. And that like went viral. So they're like, how does a trade get rejected in Madden and actually passes in the NFL? I thought it was hilarious. It's awful. It's awful. So my, my that would be my guy. Um, is because he's young. What is he 27? 26. Um, yeah. 26, 27? Okay. So he's young. He's a stud. He he you know, I mean, he's clearly a really, really, really good quarterback who has every facet of the game. There's not a weakness in Deshaun Watson's game. The weakness was I got I'm throwing to Vinny Boombots over here. I don't this guy's not gonna catch yeah. the ball. Um I love to see him in, in this offense uh with uh, you know Scott Turner did some nice things with four different quarterbacks. Not so much nice things with Haskins because he was having his own issues. 
Um, but uh, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Deshaun. I don't want Russell Wilson. That's too too far gone. You know. Yeah. And the funny he, the funny part for me is he wants to be with the other guys, anyways. What, yeah. What I'm hearing. Yeah. The funny thing is that you know because of social media, so every and some folks who cover this team who don't really cover the team, I will. They shall remain nameless, but they have websites. Uh, just throw up every name that it's possible. Just not even just quarterback. Like, oh, this receiver is looking to get. Oh, what do you think of this guy? I'm like, it's not. The, for me, there has to be a modicum of journalism. And now we're just throwing shit up against the wall just so we can get somebody to read it and and talk about it. And I get it, but it's not. It's not. That's not my game. But if it's I was to back, yeah, it is. There's no question. Um, hey, do you think Tiger Woods could play a tight end? Like, what? Um. I think uh, I think Deshaun Watson would, would be for me. Uh, you would infinitely improve your offense and give yourself a really fighting chance. I don't want to see all the other names that have been thrown out there. It doesn't have it, man. I want I want the guy with the big balls. You yeah, you sold me, and I think it's just it's almost just as hard to get a, a DeAndre Hopkins to play alongside your quarterback and to just kind of let that go for you know an, an average an average guy and no nothing substantial in return. Um, it was definitely a bad blood head coaching. I, oh, I yeah. there's a personality thing and can't let your pride get involved with this business. And now look, their the franchise is going down the tubes. You've got their maybe their franchise best player wanting out and um good for JJ and wherever he he decides to play next. But um you yeah can't, you can't make you can't make a head coach your GM. This doesn't work. Bill O'Brien yeah. that was a stupid move. We gave everything up for uh, for Robert, and I at the time was very excited, um, especially after that first year. But uh, with with Watson, he's he's already overcome that ACL injury and came back and and played a top top tier. So okay. I, 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 I I you sold me Deshaun okay. Watson in Washington. <laughs> I like it uh, as our savior. I love it. Um, moving on to the Wiz Kids. They're rolling recently. Six out of seven. They've beaten some quality opponents. The Rockets, the Blazers, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets twice. What are, you, what are your thoughts after we thought this was a complete wash of a season, a loss of a season, and now you put yourself in there with a chance. They're 12 and 18. they got a chance for playoffs. What's odd or what was kind of weird about the situation when Russell Westbrook came over is that people were like, oh, Russell Westbrook. I mean, has anybody paid attention to what he's done? the last decade on the on the floor and they discounted all all nba last year right they discounted the fact that this guy to be that good you have to be pretty good in your locker room too and it was just a mesh thing and i think we've seen him and bradley now kind of like all right we're we're, you know we can work together and that's it's difficult whenever time you know you get somebody new in when i was at csn uh all of a sudden they hired this guy uh who was sitting next to me uh, in the in the what we call our bullpen area, and he's loud, and he's it is every word is pronounced correctly, and I'm like, what the hell? Who is this dude? Oh, we just got him from CSN Philadelphia. He's coming in here because it didn't really work out there, supposedly, right? That's the story we got told, and so I'm sitting next to this guy, and then I go in the air with this guy, and I'm like, I'm just kind of marveling at how he's speaking and how clear and how everything is direct and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not quite how I do things, but I'm listening to him and I'm listening to his energy. It's Scott Hansen. That's who they brought in, who then oh, becomes the face of red zone, right? And red zone's yeah. perfect for him because he is 
not that it doesn't work well with others. He just really works well alone. Uh, and some and people are that because, Yeah, and he's a, and he's he also, a NFL nut. Hey, what? And he also has a good bladder where he can not pee for seven Correct. hours straight. Correct. He's done it one time. He peed one time. He, we had him on the show uh, prior to the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, and but then, you know, after a few weeks, uh, we enjoyed working together because I could make him. He was a straight laced guy, but I could make him crack a little bit. And I think that kind of opened up his mind. Oh, I can laugh a little bit and have some fun. Um, so same thing with, with, with uh, Russell and Bradley. And obviously they got many other parts of this. Uh, but, you know, because. Uh, Three weeks ago, everybody's calling for Scott Brooks' job. Oh, we got to get him out of here. Now it's like, it's chirp, chirp, chirp. I hear nothing because winning heals everything. And so they are playing really good basketball right now. And that's fun to watch. And I hope that it continues. I don't think there's any knuckleheads in the locker room. They got a good mix of old and young. And Bradley Beal has been shit on the last couple of years when it comes to, you know, all-star games, all that jazz. I'm not sure what happened there or why that is. Um, but He's he's getting his just due right now and properly. Yeah, all star starter. I mean, I don't know the last time we had one. I don't know if Gilbert maybe Gilbert in two thousand six was one. Um, Amazing. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. To your point, you know, everyone shot the Wizards down um, after you know a couple of weeks, and they had the biggest COVID outbreak that we've seen all season. Russell wasn't playing back to backs. Chemistry can't just be built, especially during these COVID times, just like that and overnight. And um, Sometimes, you know, your team – and you, you got bad luck. Thomas Bryant tears his ACL. You got a rookie playing big minutes, um, new look of a team. So, uh, yeah, you, sometimes you got to be a little bit more patient. Uh, but it's it's exciting um, watching th- this team play, and um, we're excited about the future of the Washington football team. So, Chick, I got to ask you, you've met hundreds of players across professional various professional sports, so I'm sure you're comfortable talking with them. And kind of us being on this podcast, we've talked with, you know, 20 or 30 athletes and, you know, now it's kind of, or, or, you know, people in the media and now it's kind of like normal, but was there any athlete that you were starstruck by that you were that deer in the headlights where you're like, oh crap, I'm talking with them. Uh, I've only been nervous for one interview in my entire life. And that was, oh, we got to hear it now. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one to be nervous for (laughs) my first, my first master's, you know, covering, you know, I'm literally while I was into golf i wasn't into golf like i am now so when i get the job at wrdw the cbs affiliate in augusta georgia i get that job in september and so the masters is in april okay um so i just start start the job as sports director i'm the lead dog you know monday through friday uh i gotta set the cruise gotta make sure that our friday night football is covered you know high school we would show highlights of maybe 10 high school games um, all kinds, you know, it was crazy. It was a half hour show. Um, and then here comes the masters rolling around and I'm gearing up for it. And for some reason, I think it's because I've been, uh, you know, my job is made a lot easier by me if I prepare, you know, over prepare. So I called my predecessor, this guy, uh, Sam Crenshaw, who I replaced, uh, he was in Carolina and I called him and said, Hey Sam, give me a heads up on Jack Nicholas. You know, what's the key to interviewing him? And he said, well, you got to ask a, a thought provoking question because as nice as the man is, if you ask him, how did he find the course today? He's going to look you directly in the pu- pupils with everybody standing there and he'll say with a car and they'll give you that look like you're done asking questions and you don't ask a 14 time major champion, what club worked for you because they all work for you, blah, blah, blah. So, all right, cool. So I started doing my research 
It's Masters Week. He's going to come in uh, Tuesday in the afternoon. Going to fly in, and he'll play late Tuesday because that avoids the Monday crowds and much much of the Tuesday crowds, at least so we think. And it's a rainy day. So uh, I tell my uh, people, listen, uh, Jack's on the course in the afternoon. I may or may not be live at 6. I've taped some stuff that you can use, but I'm really waiting on Jack Nicholas coming off 18. i got to interview him. They said, okay. So here comes Nicholas coming off 18. There's probably 400 people following him. It's a rainy day. And as he's walking off 18, I go, Mr. Nicholas, my name's Chick Hernandez. Uh, I replace Sam Crenshaw. Oh, really? Where, where'd he go? I said, he's in, he's in North Carolina now. Oh, okay. And uh, do you have a few seconds? And he goes, sure. And we keep walking, and I start my interview. And finally, at about you know, 30 seconds in, he just stops and says, we can just stop right here and do this. You don't have to, we don't have to walk. So I'm going to stop doing the impression. Uh, we can just stop right here. So, okay. So we stopped, and then the 400 people just threw up umbrellas. So we were covered. And my first question was, uh, Mr. Nicholas, because I would never call him Jack in my first interview with him. Mr. Nicholas, uh, you've done so much in the game, um, and this was 1991, so we're talking five years after he'd won his last Masters. Um, I said, you've recently taken up uh, weight training, which I don't think you've done before, ever. How's that affected your golf game? His eyes went, Poof. He was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I'm up there in age, but now all of a sudden I got distance back. I got 10, 15 yards just by, you know, the last four months of training. This is going to open up my game a little bit. I thought it was over. Now I got blah, 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 and he was locked in. Boom, boom, boom. We did eight minutes that night. Just eight minutes. Never should be doing eight minutes. I did eight minutes. I did it before six o'clock. I called the station and said, look, I'm not going live um, unless you want me to go live to wrap around this. But we're going to do Jack Nicholas in two parts. If you want eight minutes of Jack Nicholas, which are people going to want? Yes. Gonna break two parts, four minutes each. Bam, bam. And you have Jack Nicholas in the clock. We're the only people to get Jack Nicholas one on one. Boom, got it. But when I was doing the interview, I literally saw the microphone doing this. You know, at, at the beginning, and he put his hand on my shoulder. And he goes, "That's when he said we can just stop right here." And I'm like, "Okay." So the first few questions. You know, once I got him locked in, I was fine. But that's the only one I've been nervous for. You know, talk to Jordan and who you know, Tiger. We we me and Tiger get along really well, and thankfully he's alive and recovering. Um, uh, but you know, me and Tiger get along really well on and off the camera, and it's just because I'm a smart aleck, and so is he. Um, and I did I didn't kowtow to him, so I was not nervous the first time. A lot of my colleagues were. We all were given one-on-ones with him the, about, about 11 years, 10 years, uh, 11 years ago when they announced the tournament was coming to D.C. down at the National Press Club. And we all had a room, each had a room, one-on-one, five minutes. And I was watching my colleagues pacing before the interview. I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? Yeah. So it's right. Tiger Woods. Okay, it's Tiger Woods. It's a golfer. And when Tiger walked in, I told the story many times. He walked in. We had the same suit, basically. Gray, purple shirt, purple tie. Not on purpose. Just walked in, and so it's, I'm sitting there. I'm already mic'd up, and he sits down, but he doesn't make eye contact because he's very guarded and you know not open. And I said, "Nice ensemble," and he just went, you know, he just he wasn't even paying attention. He goes, "Thanks," and he just got his head down. I'm just I just kept staring at him, and I waited about a good seven seconds. I didn't say a <laughs> word. Then he just looked over, and he goes, "Oh, I get it, I get it," and I just went, "Man, you're quick. Ice is broken." At which point, his people were like, what did, he, what did he just say to him? He's quick? Do they know each other? But when I said he's quick, Tiger's eyes flashed. He's like, oh, 
I got one of these on my yeah. hands. And that started Smart. it. And, and we've done it, you know, on the air. It's, you know, when I'm wearing all black, he's like, you know, normally that's slimming. Thanks, dude. Um, <laughs> so we got along with us. So I, I, Jack's the only guy I've ever been nervous for. And I've, I've, as you said, I've talked to hundreds of athletes and celebrities. Jack was the only one. Um, and that's, again, mostly born out of my preparation. Uh, uh, you, know, the, you know, the last 20 years, I just, I know what I want to say to somebody. And I know what I want to try to get out of, or at least take them down a path. So nerves wouldn't play a part in that. The fact that you haven't been nervous in 30 years regarding anything in your uh, profession is pretty impressive, I'll say. Well, I'm nervous on the golf tee when I'm playing, playing in a pro-am. I'm in, I'm that's, why I said in, that's why I said in the profession right now. Yeah. The, I know yeah. I know, golf game is separate. <laughs> I get a little nervous, you know, uh, when I'm calling games. Uh, there's a bit of nerves. I'm getting ready to do this weekend uh, Ball State Toledo for CBS Sports Network, and I haven't seen them. I'm, you know, as soon as we get off of here, there's a one o'clock game. Uh, Ball State's playing against Central Michigan, and I'll catch them on ESPN three to start to familiarize myself. But there's a little bit of nerves there, and when I do some uh, my acting things that no one has seen yet, uh, there's there's nerves there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I still get nervous, and I want that to be the case. When I first started uh, in the business, uh, I went to a, 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 a hypnotherapist. Um, to try to calm down before I hit the air. And so the, it was like this post-hypnotic suggestion, like what 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 relaxes you? And it's this, the crack of my neck. Just, you know, I do that, you know, get ready for golf, whatever. And so he says, well, why don't you just do that, you know, right before you hit air? And so he gave me that post-hypnotic suggestion. So for 30-plus years, I don't think about it, but it's, you know, on the countdown, five Four, and it's just it comes. Done. I crack it, boom, and I'm and I'm locked and loaded. Uh, it's really weird that I know I know now I notice that it happens, but people always said, you know, and the audio guy would be like, "Hey, why don't crack the neck? I'm hearing that it's gross." <laughs> That's an inspiring story, and um, I think it, it's also a testament of why you're so celebrated, um, not here, but also uh, nationally that you can have that relationship with Tiger Woods and you can, you kind of shoot the shit with, with him. You can do that with uh, Michael Jordan. Cause I, I see he kind of has that similar personality too. Right. Um, and I think that and that takes a special, special human. Um, you have that uh, Buck Hans to me has, has that, that same type of quality quality where he can just come up with anything and it just make you feel like they know each other. And that's why you have your relationships with those people that you've once interviewed for the first time. And now you're like, I, like I listened to you talk with Joe Gibbs and how it was, it was just like, you're at lunch, you know, you're, right. you're there yes. at lunch talking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make the, the interview E uh, yeah. comfortable. Um, let me tell you real quick, two quick stories, but one was Jordan, his last year, they gave us one-on-ones with him. They gave us, I think they said uh, five minutes. You get five minutes of Jordan one-on-one. And so, you know, I've done some of the games as a sideline guy and, so he comes, actually, so, you know, at that point I was carrying a bald head. And so that morning I'm shaving and I was like, Foop! I felt the burn. I'm like, oh crap. I just sliced the top of my head. Son of a bitch. This is going to be awful. So I get, you know, wipe it down and I put a bandit on it and I get to the, to the arena. And now we set up the room two three camera shoot, blah, blah, blah. And Jordan's bouncing around at different interviews and he walks in. And <clears throat> as he walks in, he's like, what's up, chick? And that's MJ. 
and seat, blah, blah, blah. And I, I take the bandaid off real quick and I take my makeup pad and just pat it down because nobody wants to see blood. Then I kind of kind of hold my head in a way so that I don't do this just in case it does bleed, right? So, and I know he sees this because he sees everything. So we do this interview and, you know, it's got the Gestapo in there, like five minutes, they're, they're cutting everybody off. So again, now here's my goal. I've talked to MJ before, not so much one-on-one other than post-game interview off the court, blah, blah, blah. So my goal is get past the five-minute mark. Find a way to get past the, not, not ask a question at 459, but get past. So we start the interview, blah, 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 blah. And at about the four-minute mark, now he's been a wizard for what, two, two years, three years? I can't remember how long it was now. It was two years. Um, two, okay. So I bring this one thing up to him, which I, you know, this is, this is my, my thing. <clears throat> I say, uh, so, you know, you've been here two years. Um, I've interviewed you a few times. Did you know who I was beforehand? And he's like, what? I said, did you know who I was? Did you know me? Did you recognize me? And he's like, because you know what? Actually, I thought I did. Um, you know, I see a lot of people in, in the media, blah, 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 but I thought I did know you. I said, well, you should. Because, because I worked in Augusta, Georgia. And when you retired from the game, I'm on a golf course, and I get a call from my uh, one of my sales ladies who says the following, Chick, yes, I do believe Michael Jordan is playing my golf course right now. And I, she, she, went to, she lived in a private community, the Westlake Country Club. I'm like, well, Lucille, seriously, is it Michael Jordan or any tall black guy? And she said, <laughs> well, he does. She says, well, he does look like dark chocolate. And the way she said it was like, I just, I was like, I think she's got something. That's what I just, you know, that's what I felt. So I call the station and say, get out to Westlake. I'll meet you out there. I get out to Westlake, walk into the pro shop. And I go, I said, I hear you got a guest today. I don't know or not. I said, I hear you got a guest today. And then the look on the guy's face was like, oh, shit. And he goes, well, he he was, he never says his name. He goes, well, he was here, but the kids found out, so he he left the course early. And the way he said it, I'm like, well, can I just go out on the course? And he goes, he just puts his head down. He goes, go out by the ninth green because he knows Michael's about to make the turn. So within five minutes, here comes Michael Jordan walking over the ridge. And, you know, camera's rolling. I don't say a word. He puts out. And when he walks off to get to his car, I go, Mr. Jordan, do you have a few seconds? And he goes, I'm sorry. No, I'm on vacation. And I said, I'm sorry. No, you're retired. This is not a vacation. And like the way he's that, at that moment, I knew he was coming back to basketball because that's what he thought about his time off was vacation, not retirement. Right. Yeah. So I ran that little short interview that night on the air. Michael Jordan apologizes to Chick Hernandez. That was the headline. Just being yeah. funny, right? So I tell him this story, and before I can finish it, he goes, you ran that video, and you said that I apologized. He said, yes, I did. We're now at the six-minute mark of this interview, and they're like doing this to Michael. He goes, no, 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 no. We're going to keep going. And we went on for to eight, eight and a half minutes again, uh, and it was awesome. Um, so, wow. uh, yeah, I, and Buck Ants, anybody who watched our Sunday shows, we're entertained beyond belief. Uh, and here's a guy I watched coming up, and then he hires me to be his 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 running mate, right? On the Sunday shows, uh, the, if I'm not, you know, Sundays, I would be out at the, at the game. But during non-season, it was me and Buck doing Sports Extra at nighttime. Uh, and we had, a, we had a blast. And my job, in my mind, was to make him laugh because he had this cackle, like a Bill Russell. If I can make him laugh, 
everybody out there is laughing. And one night we're on the set and there's a weather center, Sue Palka's weather center off to the side. And I watched this cleaner go by and just clean the glass. And he slid the door closed. And Jerry Brown was a, was a, uh, uh, like the number four weather person. He was a substitute. I watched him in behind the cameras while we're on a two shot walk behind the cameras all the way and just go right into the glass forehead. Boom. At which point we're on the, we're on camera and I just, <coughs> and he starts to laugh a little bit and we gather ourselves and we go to break and we start laughing. We're crying. Right. And we're looking over there and Jerry's grabbing his forehead and, blah, 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 and he walks away. Well, the cleaning person saw it. So he went back over and he cleaned the nut. He cleaned the glass again. Right. Well, freaking 20 minutes later, I'm watching. We're here. We're, in a, we're, we're like in a, in a videotape and I'm watching Jerry walk again. And I'm thinking to myself, no, there's just no way. And I look over at Buck and Buck kind of looks up as he's doing the highlight. And he's like, no. And so now we're just firmly entrenched, thankfully off camera, as he walks right smack dab into it again, at which point we just fall out. And <laughs> Buck, to his credit, to his credit, Buck says, I guess we should let everybody in on why we're laughing so hard and not doing sports. And I said, yeah. Sure, I'm just you know, and he goes, uh, well, Jerry Brown just walked into a plate glass window twice, and that was it. Um, <laughs> I loved you know working with Buck. It was it was one of my all time favorite things. I wish we could do something you know because we would be gold still. Yes, you would. We would love that. We would look forward to that for sure. Have you been on his uh, podcast with uh, on the road with uh, Buck and Phil? Not yet. I've not been asked, okay. Buck Hans. So I'm waiting on that one. Uh, but again, what, me as a guest there, who you know, they, they get to talk uh, to Earl Monroe and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but Buck did a game, did a college basketball game last week, and in the intro, the opening tease, he got dagger in, and I texted him and said, "Really, dude? On an opening yeah. tease, you got dagger?" Yeah. He goes, "Because I haven't been able to say it for for He's a year." Chomping at the bit. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you been gracious with your time giving us extra it's been awesome we do like to end out with a little quick fire question some, some quick hitters on the way out and um i'm gonna let okay. eric start with one are you, are right. you down for that chick i'm ready yeah right. you know you know just a little this or that some things you might have not been asked so the first one <laughs> chick would you rather give up watching sports for a month or or give up social media for three months am i choosing one of the two or would i do both no, you got to choose one out of the two. Give up. Say it again. Watching sports for a month or mm-hmm. social media for three months. Ooh, watching sports for a month. You're an active social media guy. Yeah, I know. Uh, hmm. uh, I'd give up watching sports for a month. Oh, okay. All right. Can't live without anyway, the Twitter still, and IG. I'd still get my news on Twitter, so we're okay. Yeah, you'd still be able to see the clips. Yeah, That's see the highlights. Right. Uh, would you would you rather start a brand new hat collection and bar or your cigar collection and golf clubs? So you got to start brand new with a hat collection and bar or your cigar and golf clubs. Which would you rather start new would with? Start or new. With? I'd rather st- I'd rather start the bar and the hat collection because yeah. Uh, Cigars, I got my. I'm set. You can't get any better than what I smoke, and and my golf uh, clubs are my are my babies. So, although I love new clubs, no, uh, no, nah, nah, I do that. Though. Awesome. All right, an album you can't live without, or two. Uh, it would be "Songs from the Key of Life" by Stevie Wonder. It's a four album set. 
It was my anthem growing up. I I learned every single word of every single song because I came home every afternoon after practice or whatever, and I would sit down and I would play that thing, and the words are given to you too. The lyrics are given to you. So uh, it's it's yeah for me that's how I grew up. I'm gonna tune into that today. Um, you gotta, you I like you Stevie Wonder, to. but I haven't listened like to a full album all the way through. And uh, I'm gonna take your recommendation. I'm gonna tune that in on a nice uh, Saturday. It's Next a long, question. it's a long run. Yeah. Well, I like to listen to the, the music like that in the background if I'm doing some work. So that, yeah. I'm put it on the list. Absolutely. All right. This next one is avocado a fruit or vegetable? Oh, son of a bitch. I hate it. <laughs> uh, it's got a seed in it. <laughs> it, it uh, for me, it's a freaking vegetable. It's All a fruit. Right. For my, it's for, a my fruit. for my broadcast partner, it's a fruit. Just like it tomato. Is. Yeah, so does that make uh, guacamole a smoothie? There we go. You, I, if I ever <laughs> see you in person, I'm going to smack you. Just so you know. <laughs> I will. I'm gonna smack the hat off of you. I literally was rolling um, as Fred Smoot compared ketchup to a smoothie. It is it's not. It's not even. It is not even close. See, I know I, it's I not. Can, yeah, that's the like, beauty of him. Ketchup is a topping. Ketchup is tomato based. A smoothie is a liquid that you drink of a mix of all fruits. I mean, you can tell that to Fred. I mean, that's yeah, just he wouldn't make it. Right we told him. We, you know, uh, our producer Amish. He he told him, go ahead and make one. Drink it. Nah, I ain't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So <laughs> what would be the absolute worst name you could give a child or the funniest name that you've you've come across? Uh, worst name you could give a child would be Robespierre. Um, <laughs> Robespierre. Uh, I don't have a worst name. I don't, you know, I don't have a I, the, the greatest name I've ever heard. Of one of my former interns um, <clears throat> at Fox 5. His name was Zeb Mellet. Zeb Mellet, Zebulon is his given name, but Zeb Mellet, who's still around, yeah. uh, cool dude. And I'm like, I said, oh, your your parents must have been to the to the to the Maui Waui, the ganja. And they're like, he's like, yeah, they were a little bit of a, a bit of hippie. I'm like, okay, cool, Zeb Mellet, man, great name, um, good person, is all good. But I don't have a I don't I don't have a name that. Uh, Are you a bad. nickname guy? Do you get like buddies that you have? You, you give them like their own nickname? Are you a nickname person? We have nicknames for you know, the guys I grew up with. Uh, they were given, you know, to us by us sometimes, but also like t- teachers and coaches gave us names that that stuck. Uh, that we started calling. Yeah. So everybody's got, yeah, everybody's got, um, you know, some appropriate, some inappropriate. Like there's in my group, uh, Sok Kim. He's uh, a Korean, and and there's me. And so our group, every now and again, we'll go. How's the brown bear? How's the yellow bear? You know. Yeah. completely inappropriate but that's you know in text messages and stuff like and you that. understand each other you know you know exactly what we're talking about yes yeah. yeah yeah my junior varsity basketball coach he decided to call me spanky and so that that, that stuck around in high that's school <laughs> yeah i mean like i said i had so many different names in that senior year i had raz dazzle hollywood moses uh jack just out of the blue jack okay sure you know everything you know, besides your real name correct and the first few weeks it was on me to remember, you know, Jack, Jack, Jack. Yes. I'm sorry. That was me. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the name Carlos Hernandez still doesn't sound right to me. And 
So, and I was practicing my autograph back in the day. It was Carlos, you know, in grade school, I was practicing it. Like, I'm, I'm going to need this. You know, what's yeah. ironic is it, it, it changed to chick, uh, 1986 and that just rolls off the tongue a lot better and it's a better autograph right, signature check. signature check i gotta ask you this who did a worse job as gm bruce allen or ernie grunfeld bruce allen oh i don't know ernie was there 16 long i mean long yes years. he was te- he was teflon man I, you know and so was bruce i mean they like i don't know why ted didn't make the move earlier um but they had some pretty decent drafts but didn't do it on the court. Uh, also, the you know you went through a raft of coaches. I mean, you had Leonard Hamilton for a less than a season, for heaven's sakes. Um, who's who's by the way one of the greatest college coaches of all time? Yeah, FSU is um, doing his thing. Yeah, ridiculous, and he's seventy plus years old and still just commands you know the, the respect and and um, so no, I, I'd go with uh, I, I I'm biased to Bruce because Bruce just out and out lied. Ernie was good. I, I'm, I'm also basing this on you know he's good people's. Yeah, he was good people. We smoked cigars together, um, but he was at least as honest as he could be. Bruce, you just knew he was lying to you. All right. Uh, well, I'll stop. I'll stop my Ernie slander after this next question. The more okay. head puzzling pick, Jan Vesely or Lesky Petrov? <sighs> that's that's a too one, deep right? for me. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's too deep. It's got to be Jan just because it was it was higher in the draft, right? I don't know. Petrov, I just right away knew. Yeah. Yeah, that I don't, I don't know, you know, that, yeah, Petro, nah, that that was let's, more puzzling for me. Let's go to a, a better. What was a better feeling of a championship? The Redskins of 83, 88, 92, or your Maryland Terrapins basketball two thousand two? Come on, man, come on, absolutely. Can't you see the court behind me? All right, you knew that. I didn't. Well, I don't. I don't know because you know that that eight three he's fresh out of um, high school and maybe that that first skins championship was no no because I was too young I wasn't you know I wasn't paying attention plus the way I, I grew up I was not a, a Washington fan so when I was growing up I was not a Washington football team fan um, uh-huh. when I got in the business then it was always you know the rule number one there's no cheering in the press box so I became a very uh, objective observer um, I rooted for the guys individually that I got to know. Uh, from 87 on or really 90 on. Um, but I was not a rah-rah guy. Um, and that's the way I dealt with my, my sports casting. I wasn't, I wasn't a we never, it was never kind of my thing. Um, but 2002, go ahead. I was going to say, who's your, so who's your favorite Terp out of them? Like who's your favorite Maryland basketball player? Cause there's just been so many great ones and good characters. and Listen, I, I I was there for Len Bias his last year, so I, yeah. I would I would go down that road because um, I was you know of so much potential that was lost. I saw him in high school play against us uh, when he was at Northwestern, Northwestern, and, and then I saw him grow year one to four at Maryland, and this skinny kid became this you know this this unbelievable uh, Adonis and a great basketball player. So he's probably my favorite. I loved Juan Dixon because um, I saw – I would talk with Juan before games his freshman year when he wasn't getting any run. Um, you know, he would tell me two hours for game time, you just wait till I get a chance to play. I'm like I'm, – I'm thinking to myself, kid is too tiny. He's yeah. going to get beat up in the ACC. Maryland's all-time leading score. Enough said. So, you know, and Blake, those two guys. I mean, Blake turned out to be the better pro. Blake's a badass. Kobe yeah. Bryant once said of him – 
one of the point, best point guards I've ever played with. Okay, that's freaking ridiculous praise. Um, but 2002 in the national championship, that was my it's my favorite. Also, as a sportscaster, March Madness is the best time for a sportscaster ever because all season long you deal with the, the teams themselves and their sports information departments, and they can get a little bit tight, right? They can tell you no when they really haven't asked the question to the person you want to interview. They just say, yeah, he said no, never asked. And you get to That's- know these things. Right, you get yeah. March Madness. Actually, when you get to the conference tournament ACC, that's a little more regimented. And then March Madness, that's all NCAA. You get forty-five minutes in that locker room. You get not one minute more. You get not one minute less. Great. The all of them are accessible. Nobody's there's no no's. Awesome. So you get a chance to do stories you did you wanted to do. Uh, you get all access you want. Plus, you're traveling. I mean, Maryland was going to the West Coast all the time. Sacramento, L.A., all of it. It was awesome. Um, and you know, your and your station, Fox Five at that point, you know, hey, Sunday night, select Sunday, as soon as you know where they're going. All right, who's calling? My producer's gonna call, get the flight plan, you know, get the get the flights and get the hotels. Let's get registered, bam, bam, bam. And then you're just boom. And when Maryland was that good, you're going for three, four weeks. It's like boom, you go in, come back home for two days, back out again, live Wednesday night before the Thursday night game, and it's awesome. And you go out afterwards and, and you party your ass off. Yeah. So, Chick, a non-related sports question, but a very good one. What's your favorite cereal? You said this is a good question. It is a good question. <laughs> uh, favorite cereal. You know, so now it's a good I'm one older. because I stumped you. Well, it's not a stump. It's that I, I look, I, I, eat, I eat crap cereal now because I'm older and you got to eat all the healthy stuff. My favorite cereal of all time um, is still Frosted Flakes. That's okay? a good one. I like that. Because you can go milk or no milk. You know, I can do milk in the morning, but if I come home, that box is going to be pillaged. And I'm going to sit there with my hand in the box and just fall up with a nice Coke. Oh, it's a combo spectacular. And you okay. can make a, a mean French toast with some Frosted Flake on top. You can... <laughs> yeah, that's a specialty. Oh, what? You've never been to Blue Moon in Baltimore? That's Captain Crunch, not French or uh, Frosted Flakes. Uh, Ooh, Captain, Captain Crunch is good too now. That yeah. was good too. Well, like, Buck, see, Buck, this is why it was a good question because we're having a debate now about it. No, we we asked Buck this question. He said eggs. I, he said, I, <laughs> breakfast is for eggs. That's what uh, Steve said. It's for eggs. Did he tell you that after each meal he takes a dump? No, <laughs> I can believe it. Yeah, he's one of those. After each meal, he has he has to dump. It's like the most <laughs> ridiculous thing. And he didn't tell you the towel story, which you'll have to get us both on one day for that one. That was- oh, we would love that. Keep the and keep the audience in suspense because uh, yeah. I, I can't yeah. wait for that story. Yeah. We've told it before on radio, and it's it's not good for anybody who's eating. Oh, that's a, hilarious. We're learning about Steve Buckhant's habits. Here on a triple play fantasy <laughs> podcast. Um, dagger. Eric, you, you, dagger. Oh, speaking of, Eric, do you have one last question we want to throw at? Okay, Jake? yeah. So, so obviously, dagger is the best catchphrase uh, from Steve Buckhans. I don't think that's up for debate. But the, the runner up, what do you like better? How do you like that? Or backbreaker? Hmm. Well, Backbreaker's easy. So how do you like that would be is what I'd go with. Um, and it's funny. I had I had a I have a call that didn't get 
a lot of play, but it did with the folks that I work with that so much so that um, on Twitter or on a text, something would happen in the world and I'd get this back. And my call was, it's, it's, it's not so much the game ender, but it's what, whatever it is ending. And, and it's because I, when I became a father, this is what, how the end of the night went. Wet it, wipe it, good night it. Okay. Love it. Yes. Wet it, wipe it, good night it. That's the end of the game. That's whatever. Because you wet your kid, but you wipe it and you good night it. And I did that like the first time I said, wet it, wipe it, good night it. And I forgot who I was working with. They just looked at me like, what? I said, well, you don't get that? And I explained it. And all of a sudden, I got a lot of positive pub. I'm dying to to bring it back. Um, and maybe I'll do that this Saturday or next Friday when I do the game. Um, I just haven't, you know, I didn't do play-by-play on a regular basis. Um, hoping to next year. Uh, so, but that's, I love that call. I love that call. Uh, so I no, I would, I would go with how do you like that better than backbreaker backbreakers, you know, it's easy. And you know, there was, there was daggers before that. It's just that Buck yeah. made it, but Buck did two things. He made it his own and he called it at a time sometimes when you were like, what? But in, in actuality, he was, I think he was probably 99.9%. I think he got caught one time. Yeah, um, yeah, it went viral a little bit. Yep, yeah, yeah, he knows about yeah. it. We talked to him yeah, about it, right? Right. I bet he was incensed when he did that moment. Well, yeah, you get your, you know, you pick out the things you do, you know, you know, and that was because he was sitting in the wrong spot. They had, had him up there, and it just and it on TV, it looked like it went in. I mean, I'm, I'm watching and going, that looked like it went in, but it's like a little odd. And then come back and, uh, yeah, and you feel for somebody, you feel when when somebody gets it really wrong, um, yeah. Uh, cause you know, it wasn't born out of stupidity. It was just like, that's a visual F job. If anybody can handle it though, it's, it's Steve. Oh yeah. Uh, so I, uh, we end things with anything that you're doing now, anything that you want to plug, where can we find Chick Hernandez? Well, any street corner in silver spring, um, <laughs> You know, there's a cigar bar. There's a cigar place up there, a new Cuban place up there. Um, uh, you can find me, you know, on Twitter and Facebook, Twitter or to my Mr. Chick Sports at Mr. Chick Sports. Uh, another nickname that was born out of younger folks on their Washington football beat who'd call me Mr. Chick. Actually, uh, Alfred Morris called me Mr. Chick in the locker room out of, you know, hey, Alfred, you got a few seconds? Sure, Mr. Chick. And like Mike Jones heard it went, Mr. Chick. And it stuck. <laughs> And that's how that started. Um, so I'm at Mr. Chick Sports. Uh, Instagram is just my name, Chick Hernandez. And uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm freelancing, calling football, uh, uh, basketball, and some football. Um, uh, I'm doing a little acting, which no one would really know uh, unless they were really, really keen uh, on watching credits of shows. <laughs> I'll never reveal it until it needs to be revealed. Um, and yeah, rub that goatee. Uh, and some other stuff. I've uh, auditioned for a few things. Um, I'm waiting on uh, something that uh, hopefully pops here in the next month or so, which could be really, really cool. Um, and that's it. Uh, I was fortunate in my time at uh, CSN and NBC Sports Washington. I um, bought stock in the company, and so I don't have to work, uh, but I want to work. Yeah, and if you want to listen to him and Fred Smoot, that's your opinion podcast with chick and smooth um a weekly drop every week and you can find out any podcast center that you that you're looking for spotify itunes and uh, it's a great listen and it, it keeps me in tune it keeps me kind of connected uh, listening to you and fred and 
Um, I really enjoy it. And we really appreciate you coming on and giving us your time. It's an honor. Um, and uh, nothing else to say, but thank you very much. Well, as long as you kept the hat on, I was going to stay on. So that, 